O Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you, that we may extend peace, love, and hope in the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you have ever visited an ICU or an intensive care unit, your senses would be assaulted by the sound of hurried footsteps, the abundance of equipment, the aroma of unfamiliar smells, the hopeful steady beat of a cardiac monitor, and of IVs going off for various reasons. Layered on top of the sounds are the alarms, some of which are louder than others. And an experienced ICU nurse knows which ones to respond to, which oscilloscopes to check, and what can be safely ignored. The 10-second beep of an IV as a patient bends their arms, cutting off the flow of medication, only to straighten it again as the medicine resumes automatically, is never a cause for alarm. The quick beat of an irregular heartbeat, one or two, is best left untreated because the nurse knows that hearts don't beat perfectly for all 86 to 144,000 beats per day that it generates. Then there are the other alarms that cause a pause. The quick alarm from a ventilator when a patient attempts to cough. But then there are other alarms that will send nurses running. The alarm of the disconnection of a ventilator or of an erratic or absent heartbeat. The challenge in the ICU is to set appropriate parameters for every alarm, so that when an alarm goes off, it is indeed meaningful. Otherwise, alarm fatigue sets in, and a response to an important alarm is delayed or ignored altogether with tragic consequences. And that is part of the challenge in responding to this passage from Mark. That, offer, that ushers us into Advent. Mark's apocalyptic language may seem strange to our ears and may even make us take a step back. We've heard of the Left Behind series, seeing people walking with signs that say the end of the, near, the, end of the age is near, that Jesus would be back by 1988 because the 40-year generation would not perish once Israel became a nation in 1948. We've learned of many predictions of Christ's return that have not come to pass, and the excesses and disappointments and ridicule that has been associated with it. And so, as alarms are sounded too frequently, we get into a type of spiritual alarm fatigue, and it becomes ignored. This passage is part of the farewell discourse of Jesus to his disciples. In his farewell discourse in John, where we hear of the beloved disciples, his discourse is about staying united in love. In Luke and Matthew, the focus is on spreading the gospel. And in this gospel, Mark, Jesus is imploring us to enter into a time of watchful waiting in his absence and to live in hope of the coming of the Son of Man, even as this community faces persecution. For people who live with grave hardship, remembering that Jesus has not abandoned them, but will 
and has suffered before them and will return is a glorious promise that gives strength, and it is still so today. We speak of people who have been made marginal by the structures of society with us and a they or them perspective because we are often not in those shoes. But as history has taught us time and time again, power is not permanent and that wealth can wane. Consider as recently as the time from the 1920s to the 1940s when the stock market crashed. Millions lost all of their money, all of their savings, and then it was followed by the Dust Bowl, losing the means necessary for them to recover. Or our recent recessions, or the volatility of the stock market, of bonds, of the housing market, inflation, and so much more. We can become complacent to the signs around us that the world is not our permanent home, that all is not well, and that we still need the inbreaking of God into the world. The gospel tells us indicators, and that we, and that we will also never know, even as Jesus will never precisely know. This is a secret of his return that is kept in the Father's hands alone. However, what we do know and what we affirm each service in either the Nicene or the Apostles' Creed is that Jesus is returning. We corporately and individually affirm our belief in the second coming. Just as we look forward with eagerness to see the ones we love, so we look forward to the return of Christ, who so dearly loved us first, and who we love in return. There is a saying that it is best to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. But in the reality, most times we need a time of preparation and space. This season of Advent, we are journeying towards Bethlehem with Mary and Joseph. Until the Christmas vigil, when we will have a small figure of Jesus placed in the manger and our crutch will be complete. Jesus calls us to be awake, to pay attention. We will never know the day or the hour, but just as sure as we prepare our time on earth to end and to go to the God who loves us, we need to live with the awareness that the inbreaking of God is always imminent. In the words of Dr. Atkins Jones, this is a call to a certain way of life, a call to deepened discipleship, a discipleship form forged in the urgency of Christ's imminent return. It is a call to live out the gospel in a hurting world. It is a time to be. Christ among us until we see Christ permanently. We have not yet recovered the sense of unity we once had as a nation, shallow as it may have been. We have ripped off the thin veneer of civilization, and we live in its foul underbelly from polarization instead of curiosity and goodwill. We are still recovering from the pandemic, that damaged our bodies, our families, our relationships, and our souls, despite our best efforts. Our patience and kindness for a stranger's mistakes erupt into thoughts, words, or actions of violence and hatred. 
We need a humble and powerful Savior. We need the presence of God in the world and into our hearts afresh. This is bigger than what we can do in our own strength. We need to journey closer to the heart of God, to be witnesses and, like Mary, bearers of the gospel. The bar really isn't that high. It's a choice for kindness and understanding when it is absent. It is a choice to choose prayer and peace when there is conflict. It is a choice to humble ourselves and ask forgiveness when the opportunity arises, and it is a choice to extend forgiveness when it is requested. It seems like a bit of a bumpy road. Well, then you know you are on the same path as Mary and Joseph, to the revelation of the Christ in an unexpected place. It is a choice to see and meet the practical needs of the world around us. People are still facing grave hardship. One powerful way that we attend to their needs during Advent is through the Socks and Soap campaign. I learned in a meeting with Jim this week that gifts received for SOS are tremendously multiplied through the contacts that he has made through wholesalers. In understanding their needs, the hotel-sized soaps for individuals and the full-sized soaps for families, a broader spectrum of care is provided. This is the work of the ministry. This is part of the inbreaking of God. It is part of our Advent focus as a community for 10 years. This week, let us begin our journey to Bethlehem with all of our being afresh. Let us prepare our hearts to receive the blessed gift that God offers us in Christ.